Welcome to Getting Credit, a podcast focusing on financial markets, corporate credit, and timely insights from Aristotle Funds. Here's your host, Dominic Nolan, CEO of Aristotle Pacific Capital, the sub-advisor for the Aristotle Funds Fixed Income Funds. Hello, and welcome to number 64. In the next 10 minutes, we'll talk about market action in November, holiday shopping, the Federal Reserve's next move, and opportunities in fixed income. And as always, finish with a personal reflection. Let's begin. Let's start with capital market performance in November. In general, it's a great month for assets. Equities were up across the board, mostly between 9 and 10%, led again by the Russell 1000 growth index. That tech-heavy index was up 10% November and is now up 36% for the year. While the S&P 500 is up over 20%, it's really been a narrow rally. For those that have heard the term Magnificent Seven, which are the largest tech companies, quickly it's Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, NVIDIA, Tesla, and Meta, formerly known as Facebook, they represent over 25% of the S&P 500 and are responsible for over 70% of the returns. So if you take out the Magnificent Seven and call it the S&P 493, that index would be up a little under 6%. So seven stocks have been driving the predominant performance of the S&P 500. A bearish investor would say that concentration should give one room for pause. A bullish investor would state the rest of the market is undervalued and can catch up. We'll see what happens. Now let's pivot to the fixed income side. The Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index flipped into positive territory, now about 1.6% for the year, buoyed by rates dropping as the 10-year Treasury dropped about 50 basis points. High yield is up over 9% for the year, and floating rate loans are up over 11% in 23. In my opinion, this rally in bonds or lowering of rates is an adjustment to a slowing economy and a less hawkish Fed. When I think about fixed income markets in 23, The three words come to mind are surprising, for the fact that rates are higher, not lower. Interesting, due to the yield levels. And given the rally, rewarding, because I think returns have been strong, particularly in certain areas of credit. So in general, looking at equities and fixed income, risk assets are having a very good year, which is not what market participants expected going into 23. Now let's turn to holiday shopping and the consumer. Last month kicked off the holiday shopping season with Black Friday. In general, it was pretty robust. A few trends to note. There was a record 200 million shoppers the week of Black Friday, and this is from the National Retail Federation. However, there were 4 million more online shoppers, but 1 million less in-store shoppers. If you dig a little deeper into online, 44 million people shopped from their desktops, And about 40 million people shopped from their phones, which is a staggering number compared to 5, 10 years ago. Meanwhile, in-store traffic remains in secular decline. As relates to items that people purchased, clothing was on the top of the list once again with about half the shoppers purchasing clothing. And for the first time, personal care and beauty cracked the top five. It displaced video games, food and candy, and electronics from previous years. Consistent with the in-store struggles, in-store retailers needed to offer discounts to attract sales during Black Friday. You typically saw 15 to 20% discounts 
across the board. But strong brands, such as those in athletic leisure, saw minimal discounts. The result of this, to me, is a flipping of the business model. In the past, brands needed department stores. Now I think the department stores need the brands. Now I'll jump quickly to the Federal Reserve. Expectations are that the rate hikes are over. In the December meeting, market participants are not expecting a hike and have quickly shifted to the amount of cuts in 2024. Currently, expectations are for 150 basis points in cuts over the next 14 months, with the first cut around the second quarter of 24, and additional cuts over the next three quarters. I think that's very accommodative, and markets may be getting overzealous with those thoughts. Now, if the economy has a hard landing, the cuts will be greater. But if it's a soft landing, it's probably going to be much lighter than the 150 basis points. In my opinion, given the recent history where the Fed has been stubborn to hike, they'll probably be stubborn to cut. We'll see. I want to touch on a topic that we have had quite a few questions on, and that is housing. So I'll just share with you a few very high-level thoughts on what's happening. First, as it relates to transactions, down across the board, from a price point standpoint, consistently down anywhere from 10 to 25%, depending on the pricing tier. Also down across regions, anywhere from 9 to 12%, depending on where you are. So the transaction volume is not something that's targeted. That's thematic across the U.S. To me, transactions are the symptom. Affordability is really the cause. Here's some data from 2020 to 2023. The median home price and starter home price are both up around 36%. Mortgage rates are up over 100%, so more than doubled. Thus, the qualifying income needed for a median single-family home or starter home price is up about 110%. That's for qualifying income. Meanwhile, the median income for first-time home buyers and normal single-family home buyers is up about 16%. So qualifying income is up 112%. Income is only up 16% over the past three years. Thus, affordability is down 45% on average across the country. Given the dynamic of affordability, that has really hampered mobility. Thus, you have a lot less inventory. And while demand, in my opinion, isn't really being created with this economy, it's being displaced into smaller homes, rentals, multifamily. So what's that mean for housing next year? In general, forecasts are expected to be flat. Incomes should rise given the expectations for CPI. And rates are expected to go down. So between the three primary inputs, income expected to go up, rates expected to go down, prices expect to remain flat, affordability should be higher. I do think if there's a bias for prices, it's probably lower given how much we've run. Now let's look at fixed income and opportunities there. In general, I've been constructive across fixed income and have been for some time. We had a pretty big rally in November and December has continued with the 10-year down another 20 basis points. Looking at investment grade, year-to-date returns are now around 5%, but with yields falling quite a bit in November on the margin, investment grade to me is now slightly less attractive. Meanwhile, high yield and floating rate 
are slightly more attractive. As relates to floating rate loans, they were up about a percent in November, but that was underperformance relative to other asset classes. Year to date, that asset class is up more than 11%, and we've been extremely constructive on the asset class for over a year. It's still underappreciated. Investors are still concerned about rates dropping. However, as it relates to defense against longer-term volatility, and given the rate rally, I think it's slightly more attractive today than it was a month ago. And finally, a personal reflection. 2023 is almost over. As I reflect, one of my favorite sayings is, time is undefeated. In our life, we have to play against it, and we'll always lose to it. So while we play, play hard, play happy, and play with teammates you love. I'll leave you with that. Thank you, and stay tuned. The views in this commentary are as of the date recorded and are presented for informational purposes only. These views should not be construed as investment advice, an endorsement of any security, mutual fund, sector, or index, or to predict performance of any investment. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice, as market and other conditions warranted. Any performance data quoted represents past performance, which does not guarantee future results. Any forward-looking statements are not guaranteed. All material is compiled from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed.